Not long ago, in a far-off corner of a place called the Internet, a revolution was born. Forged in the fires of common experience, the survivors of a mysterious movie known only as A Talking Cat came together. Their purpose, to dissect this fascinating failure of a film and broadcast their findings through the cosmos in hopes that future generations might learn from their mistakes. Some would call them heroes, others would call them mad, but despite the grueling road ahead of them, the group would take up the Sisyphean task and become a talking cast? Are they adventurers, sinner as a savior's or Are they demented, love the punishments, I can't be sure But one thing I do know is that the mission here to force To make your life so hard that you'll be pissing on your kitchen floor Hello everybody and welcome back to A Talking Cast The A Talking Cat podcast that nobody ever asked for I am your host, Dylan Reed Miller And I'm Josh Hi, welcome back Thanks for having me back We're very glad you've returned Today is uh, episode 12 which is minute 11.01 to minute 12. And our minute begins with the very tail end of the scene where the second family, the poor family, uh, first sees the cat. And the son takes the tray of food to the car, and the mother laments the fact that she has to work. I mean, I think we can all sort of relate to that. Yeah, that's a universal constant. Starting strong this minute. We get some very pretty nature shots, as like 90% of this movie is. And we hear for the second time, the voice of Duffy, our titular talking cat. Oh, yes. I, You know, I wanted to say, you, you mentioned sort of us being able to relate to the mom, not wanting to go to work. And, and this whole thing has connectedness all over because Duffy's line, or one of his lines is, is talking about how we're all connected and it takes real magic to connect the right people. But then I was thinking uh, like very sort of philosophically about how there's the shots of nature in the lower left corner. There's this like drainage runoff that's sort of jutting into nature and it's like man pushing its way into nature and there's this connectivity and um, you know, so I'm trying to look at it from, you know, this sort of philosophical standpoint, because there's a lot to unpack in this in this minute and in this entire movie. So yeah, and during the second nature shot, there's a, a very large pipe. Yeah. It's rather jarring. And then there's a smaller pipe when we see Duffy, like he's like walking next to some sort of conduit or like a water pipe or something that's half buried in the ground. And of course, you see that shot multiple times. Uh, oh, yeah. I think like we talked about in the last minute that I was on, like they basically just reused the same shots of this cat over and over again. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that this shot of him walking is just cut from the first time we see him and hear him, because that's in minute, like, three, I think, or maybe it's in the first one, I don't remember. Yeah, he walks in this same place, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Duffy is really, he's a hes a creature of nature that has come to these humans to save them, and, and I think that the symbolism in this minute is very strong for that. Exactly. Yeah, he says that hes he's found the people that he needs to help, so this is essentially his life's mission which makes me wonder like what was Duffy doing before this point was he just sort of wandering aimless through the woods just trying to figure out what his life's purpose was and then you know he's finally stumbled upon these people and now oh 
oh, well, this is what I have to do. This is my job. Or has he been helping tons of people like the Incredible Hulk, you know, going from town to town, kind of helping people out when, when they need it the most and then disappearing again? I'm not sure. I mean, how old is Duffy? We don't get any idea. I guess from the voice, we can well, assume <laughs> he's a crotchety old man. But, exactly. Um, and he obviously knows what he's supposed to do before he discovers these people because he already knows that he is the human whisperer, as he calls it. Oh, that's true. I mean, I, I, I feel like there's a whole series of extended universe Duffy stories, like books or, or short webisodes set either before or after A Talking Cat, where he sort of goes on these various adventures and, and helps different families and exposes his magical powers to them and brings them all together. I mean, I think that there's a whole line of, of sequels and extended universe properties that, that are out there that could be uh, could be tapped into. We could give it a whole, a whole TV show, like how Avengers became Marvel's Agent of Shield. Yes, exactly. I would be, I'd be willing to see that Agents of Duffy, and it's just Agents of Duffy, and it's him directing a whole group of people and sending them out to uh, help out random families that need to be connected. I mean, there must be other woodland creatures, right, who live yeah, in this forest. Exactly, and I mean, we know that so David Dakota, he's done other talking animal movies. You know, he's done a talking pony, the Halloween puppy, or the Magic Puppy. I yes. think there's two different titles for it. I've seen that one. Yeah, I've seen that one too. I've not seen a talking pony. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. And I think there's even another, I think there might even be another movie with a horse that talks as well. So, you know, he's made these movies. There's obviously some sort of interconnectivity there. So yeah. it, it'd be interesting to explore that. There's definitely an extended universe where other animals talk to people. Whereas in this movie, there is no reason for for him to be voiced by Eric Roberts, for yes, Eric Roberts yes. to be providing Duffy's voice. And I, I kind of wonder if the movie would be as fun if it were someone else. I think that really sets us apart and makes it something special. I also wonder if it would, if the movie would have been more effective if Eric Roberts hadn't recorded all of his lines in 15 minutes over a phone. Or if someone had come to his house at least and set up a professional microphone and, and he actually made him, you know, do his job and took some time and said, eh, that doesn't sound right, Eric. Maybe do that line again. <laughs> Maybe uh, can we have another take? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's do another take. Like, would, the, would it have sounded better? Would it have been more effective? Because Eric Roberts is not a terrible actor. He's been in some terrible movies, but, I mean, he can... He can do okay when he has to. I think a lot of good actors have been in bad movies. I think that's just kind of a... Of course. I mean, if, if you're a working actor, you're probably going to be in some bad yeah. movies. But, but I mean, he, he can be good um, when he wants to be. And it's, I mean, and when I guess when the director cares. And obviously yeah, this is not... proper direction. <laughs> this is not something that, you know, is was expected to make a lot of money or anything. So, I mean, I think it's easy for them to, you know, have him recorded over the telephone. I, I was actually talking to some friends who'd never seen it uh, last night and they ended up watching a few minutes of it and then they couldn't finish but but you know we talked about just you know how weird it was that it was that it was Eric Roberts as the voice of this cat I mean and he's just, just so incredibly disinterested in what he's doing yeah I think a lot of the charm of this movie when you get down to it it's just the fact that everything is bad yes there's exactly. not a good thing in this movie at all yeah I, I mean this is this is another thing like it's one of those things that's um, it's the nice difference between something that's calculated to be bad um, or kind of silly like 
you know, maybe the Sharknado movies or something. Oh and then God. and then something like this that's that knows probably at its at its core that it's kind of a silly concept, but at the same time is not like winking at the audience or not sort of playing yeah. it as a silly concept. They're kind of playing it somewhat seriously or as but you know, it's just it's so there's a lot of um heart there, I guess, and like sincerity. So it's it's kinda it this sounds bad, but it's kinda nice when those sincere things fail horribly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you do sort of feel bad, I guess, in a way, but but it's it's this thing that you're like, well, this guy, he, you know, he got his movie made, so you can't really yeah. and it's on Netflix and we're talking about it and we're watching it. So it's kind of like he he accomplished something. Um, well, Duffy, yeah, Duffy rambles on about how these are the people, he's finally found them. He knows who he has to help. He's found his purpose in life. And then we see this family that needs so much help, the rich family. We see their house and the smoke alarms going off. So yes. something's up. Yeah, and the, and the sun runs down, and he's freaking out, and the and the dad comes out, sort of fanning away the the smoke, and just basically says, "Oh, it was a smoke alarm in the kitchen." But unfortunately, our minute ends before we find out why. So I guess that's a, a cliffhanger for the next episode. To be honest, it would not phase me if the next part was actually a real fire, and they were just <laughs> not reacting properly to it. Exactly. Like, oh, no big deal. I just kind of lit the kitchen on fire. Sorry. Yes, the next minute is <laughs> is them being engulfed in flames and uh, the movie ends <laughs> at the 13 minute mark. So that's kind of where the minute ends. It's 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 a very eclectic minute with a lot of different things going on in it. But I think I think we do see almost all of the main characters with the exception of the two uh, the two young younger girls in the cast. I think Correct. we see everybody else. For we the don't most see part. the daughter and we don't see Franny. Yes. And, but, but everyone we, else is in it. Yeah, so that's that's pretty good. I think this is the minute with the most characters in it so far, yeah. Oh, okay. It's definitely a minute that was all over the place. The meat of it is really Duffy waxing poetic about his purpose in life. And you know, good for him, like, knowing who he is. Exactly. I haven't figured that out yet. Yeah, I think a lot of us people haven't figured that out. And while cats do lead simpler lives, I feel, it's still, it's, it's a, he's a, he's a complicated cat, and it's... Well, he's, he's not an ordinary cat, so... That's true. His life is probably a little more complicated, but he's got it all figured out, so I have to give him yeah. credit for that. I feel like we should all aspire to to find Duffy's level of self-recognition and knowing who we are. That sounds like a great idea. This has been a talking cast. I've been Dylan Miller. I'm Josh. Thanks again for having me. Thank you all very much for listening to this episode of A Talking Cast. If you enjoyed it and you want to stay up to date with our future episodes... Please like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash talkingcast or follow us on Twitter at a talking cast. See you next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Minute by minute. That's what they'll be diving in to shed some clarity on this hilariously failed attempt. So grab a friend and crack a beer with them and listen in. A talking cast is about to begin. It's a That was episode 12 of A Talking Cast, the A Talking Cat podcast that nobody ever asked for. Your host was Dylan Reed Miller with guest host Josh Hollis. Edited by Darren Husted. Music by Casey Trimble. Voiceover by John Kowaleski. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Executive producers Sarah Cantor and Darren Husted. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A Talking Cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended. For the memory of Dan Cruz.